just be clear. People have got to get over it. Either you believe mixed martial arts is real and you tuned in because you were like, yeah, Tito and Chael rocks it or watch something else, I guess, until then. Like, let's let's stay with it until we have some proof, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is uh, pretty hard to decipher when you break it down into the slowest of motions and just pull out clips. <laughs> I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Rap Esparza. Rap, how are you doing this evening? Yeah, I'm great. You know why? Why? We have a new conspiracy theory. This is great. It's, this is this is, is, is great for us, Kevin. Is this new? Doesn't this happen every time a Bellator fight when they throw two steroided up assholes at each other? Whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, describe it. That would imply that you are listening to Chael when he's at the press conference say the following words and i want to make sure i'm very clear about using the exact language please okay yeah okay i'm not sure i'm i'm going from memory so it could be a little dicey but <laughs> i think people do let's people say like, this under no circumstances you're gonna read really what it was and frankly probably will this will be a better version yeah absolutely i'm, I'm hoping but if i recall correctly and i might not chael at the press conference i think before he went into the like, oh, your ex-wife was a porn star. What was making his usual rhyme scheme, Dr. Seuss form of cutting a promo and then basically let it slip as he does the little promo and says, and I'm basically clean. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> Which is a great way of tipping the act to go. Can we uh, not slide past What's basically? Slide? Can we chat that out? Uh, next question. Me, it, it's either basically or essentially clean. One of the two. Listeners, it doesn't matter because it says exactly what we need to know about their rigorous USADA. Actually, you know, I, I don't even think they use USADA at Bellator. They probably use the Mexican equivalent. I, I was just going to say like uh, Google and domestic surveillance. They just ship it briefly offshore. They send the specimen to Mexico, much like the emails, to a server. And now it's like, oh, their rules. I, they don't have any uh, rules about what does this say? Horse eroticism medicine. I don't even know what that is. But uh, anyway, well, clean fight Kev, sanction. You know, you know that when they say, did you pass or fail a drug test? Sometimes they'll be like, you passed it. People are like, wait, what does that mean? So I think it's the same thing if you send the specimens uh, or the test sample over to uh, the Mexico and they go, uh, is it clean or not? See, wait, like C is in you. It's clean or C is in like they're dirty. Oh, it's right moist. Mo- mo- like, <laughs> hold on. Moisty, like he's really got a lot of that, that chemical or he's really clean. <laughs> I do love that. Scott Coker's like, I've heard enough. It sounds like we're good to go. And I need to address uh, some people because, Kev, I'm going to tell you the type of people we are not on this show. Okay? We are not. I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, You can put diligently researched in my category. Go on. (laughs) We put up a meme, and Scott Coker, after Chael Sonnen got in his dig, which, by the way, a lot of people loved, and I thought it was okay. The hard part with me with Chael I, hold is— Hold on. Are you talking about the mm. uh, Jenna Jameson dig? 
Yes. I was appalled. Just appalled. <laughs> Why were you appalled? Just because she was a sex worker, Rafa Sparza, <laughs> doesn't mean people have to be using his ex-wife. And frankly, I'd be more embarrassed <laughs> if I was her than I had dated dipshit right. Red Hat Ortiz. <laughs> That would be the most <laughs> embarrassing moment of my porn career, just having voluntarily had sex with Tito Ortiz. So I call a little bit of it felt easy to me. Felt easy. The other thing I guess I started to get worried about was, yeah, I understand, you know, Jenna and Tito. I think they have kids together. I can't even remember at this point. Twins. But yeah, and granted, you know, you don't want that to be said about somebody's mom. But when you say somebody's ex-wife, like how much does that really insult you? Not That's much. like an insult that doesn't really direct at you. It's directing at your judgment, which, again, not Chael having the higher ground here. He just is able to articulate it better than – what? how did you call him before? A red hat wearing – ass face i don't remember if there was a lot of color I don't know, but it's, it was it was passion. eloquent so we'll, we'll have to go back passion. and review the tape so anyway i okay so chill says his line and granted kevin did like one part of the press conference a lot and what was your favorite part my favorite part under there are moments that i just want to hate chill sonnen and there are moments i'm like funniest mma fighter of my lifetime Outside of the Diaz brothers that are just an idea. Uh, fucking Tito Ortiz is one of the worst public speakers of all time. Of all time. Not just as a fighter. Terrible at it. He started to tell this super boring ass story about a lion. And he could not get the facts straight for the fucking <laughs> life of him. So he just kept talking. And Chael uh, did the snoring into the microphone. And... What I loved was the brief, genuine exhale of laughter from the many people in the room that were trying not to find it as funny and as accurate as it was. <laughs> it was perfect. A very funny moment. So, yes. Kept uh, doing it. It was after the <laughs> Just and didn't even get that good a dig, but Chael felt so bad for really embarrassing his lion story that he had clearly dumb rehearsed in front of a mirror but couldn't get it out. That was great. He's got the Luca Brasi kind of uh, practicing outside the Godfather's uh, study room and just being like, may your first child be a masculine child. Damn it. So it's kind of like that. But for me, I like that. (laughs) But for me, I I said, okay, stupid. That happened. It's funny. But when. Chael said the porn star line and the internet had exploded because they needed some publicity for this fucking thing. You saw Scott Coker put his hand on his his face, like Meme a big glory. palm to the bald head of his. And how big was your smile you know, when you saw it? I, I, first of all, when I caught it, because I want to say we had one of the first memes to put that up. When I caught that look on his face, I said... I sympathize with you, but at the same point, how is this a surprise? How is any of this a surprise? How was the press conference a surprise to you, Scott? That's what Chael does. That's what you signed on for. How does it a surprise that Tito can't talk? Don't put him in the press conference. Bad idea. Say Tito couldn't come because of stupidity. He came down with a case of the dum-dums. 
Uh, yeah, why this whole lion story, guys. I I don't want to cut to the end, but it's not going well. We're, we're what struggling. If Scott actually second fed him out. the lion story, and like maybe we're just being too mean on Tito because he's like, dude, stick the landing with this lion story. And Tito went back and was like memorizing it like it was a speech for his introduction to speech 1A class. And he's just like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. And oh, no. Telling it. So palm to head. And at a certain moment, I sympathize with him. So I put on a meme that said, when you've just realized what your main event looks like. Now, there wasn't a ton of fallout from this. But we did have a couple people who said – well, it's going to be a great event. I mean, they're both marketable names. They're, uh, this makes complete sense to me. And I started thinking, I was like, we haven't seen Chael compete in a while. And Tito, do, do we care still? Do we really have to see this? I want and to raise my hand were, and say no. I want to well, be first on the train. And so that made me wonder, honestly and sincerely, it was similar to when we put up the, well, hey, look, Rhonda got this deal and she was given exceptionalism when she was doing her shit. And people, the minute Rhonda lost, come on and put real quickly on our Instagram. They're like, see, she's dumb. She's the worst. Right, right. So they do that. But Kev, I will tell you the type of podcast we are not. We are not the type that gloat and say, wow, didn't we tell you that was going to be a terrible fight? We are not those people, Kev. We are not the people to sit here, joke with one another, and make fun of the conspiracy theoried fuckfest that happened between those two. But now that we're here, and now that we happen to bring it up, let's discuss the controversy. I'm interested. Yeah, let's okay. – uh, and we are not that podcast. I want to applaud you again. Raph pointing it out. We, would, we are not that podcast. We, we would, would never point underline that how, how little we talked about that fight. And frankly, outside of your fantastic meme work, you could argue we didn't really analyze it, uh, nor will we. Just as a big heads up, we're only going to we're sticking to the conspiracy um, because in an alternate world, you know, yeah, I believe Tito Ortiz poisoned Chael Sonnen. I believe <laughs> he gotten his water bo- bottle pulled a real Oz season five when they did the boxing. I don't remember <laughs> what season it was, but there was a real spoiler alert scene in Oz, the prison show where they start traveling <laughs> and doing inner boxing. And there's a poison situation guys. That's what happened. I'm telling you the alternate facts about the Bellator event. Whoa. Usada whoa, is investigating whoa. Tito Ortiz. That's that's a, again, another just quick a fact. It's there. A fact is pretty funny. Kev, I think it's wrong to bring on alternate facts onto this program. We are not a political program, though we are politically savvy. So, you know, let's bring up this. So the Internet went crazy because if I can describe what it looked like at first, you had Chael attacking what looked kind of like I believe he was almost getting like a darse. And so it looked a little suspect because people were like, "Uh uh-oh, he's going to tap Tito. And I was like, he's not going to tap Tito. And they're like, but it, like, look at his form. It looks good. I was like, have you seen Tito's big dumb head? Huge neck. He's going to be fine. And lo and behold, and granted, I was watching this at a bar with a good friend, Juan Bernardo. I did not see the extreme close-up that was later presented with exhibit a written all over it 
which shows that Tito may have been tapping the thin air, may have actually touched Chael's arm. Hard to say. But some people are calling it a fixed fight. So I put out a note that just said, why would they try and do this? And we got a couple responses because I am legitimately interested. We did. When I first saw I'm it, I legitimately like, interested. I don't think anyone's got a good answer for us. They don't. So spoiler there. But I did want to know what people had to say about it. Uh, Drew Weatherhead, uh, obviously from Because Jitsu. And we're going to talk a little bit about them later because we've got some shit to say about them. But um, Drew said, who said Bellator rigged it? The only person who had to take the fall was Chael. Okay. So that means that still because weird. Chael was involved. That's still. I mean, that doesn't. Know. I don't. Drew, come on. Don't be a Canadian about this. We're saying in some way it wasn't the most organic result. Right. In, because in whatever way magically. That, whoever wrote the money, it doesn't matter if it was the mob. Fixed is fixed. Well, I guess it should also be mentioned at this point. That sure, maybe that did look suspect. But then the thing that really caught my eye that made it look even more suspect was the fact that about two seconds later, Tito somehow started getting around Chael, gets to his back. And I say that in like quotation marks because he starts to work this rear naked choke. Chael starts to push up his elbow as to get out of it. Looks like he's almost out of the choke. And then Tito dumb-dumb chokes him. Now, when I say dumb-dumb chokes him, I know there are some people. We had one guy who said, you know, I've been practicing for eight years, and you can totally get someone with that choke. Chael was, by many accounts, almost out. And I'm not going to doubt the panic tap. I'm not going to doubt a number of things. But it looked more like Chael was concerned that harm may happen to the moneymaker, which is his mouth. So... That was my interpretation of what happened. It seemed that many of you have different ones. Matt Freeman of some other nonsensical podcast said, what if Chael came up with the plan to bet several million dollars against himself? Flaw of that plan, he does not have several million dollars. So He's fighting in Bellator, guys. You think he's Ocean's I mean, Eleven, this fight? For fuck's sake. <laughs> I think Shit, you know... We never looked to see if a casino got robbed. We, oh, that would have been the perfect time to do it when everyone was watching the casino. Because right. the fights <laughs> Because probably... everybody stopped to watch Chael versus Tito no, in the I don't world. think they did. I don't think... You, I, I highly doubt the Cosmopolitan even played the fight. I have it on It's good the Ocean's Eleven scenario where all the guards are still watching <laughs> Everybody's the just money. sitting there waiting. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna get robbed tonight. We're sharp. Nope, definitely. Yeah. Uh, what are these guys doing here? They've been waiting on the whole time. Are they lost? Oh. Uh, Andrew Bernhock said, "Well, Tito had a tour of Japan booked, hence his retirement." From what I hear, this whole thing is leading to a ladder match at the next pay per view. Now we're getting somewhere that Raph is it. interested in. Yeah, that's because much, he says the the sheets are right. saying Chael is going to cut a promo with Jenna Jason, Jameson, claiming that Chael is the father of Tito's eldest. The ladder match will be for custody. Perfect. He continues on, and this is tickling me the entire time. <laughs> and he says, "You just wait, Ken versus Tito with special guest ref Chael, risen end of the year show 2017." Now, if this isn't the best case scenario I've ever read, 
I don't want, know what is. But Andrew actually played along. And I have to give him credit because there was one person who came on this prompt and responded and said, in response to, all right, I'll take the bait. Why would Bellator want to fix that fight? Uh, one responder said, why wouldn't they? To which I responded, not quite the response that gives us something to talk about, but thanks. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Why, if why I ask they? you, why are they doing this fixed fight? It's illegal. There's mine. <laughs> I'm just I don't I hate to shit on the theory. Why wouldn't they? But if I were going to, it would be because it's illegal. Hard to pull off. Our friends, the Banassis, responded with, Does that mean the old man, I mean legends ass whipping tour is over? Never. Do not <laughs> doubt Bellator's ability to resurrect nonsensical fights. Uh, Christopher James Velez said, The choke looks suspect. Chael did better in Metamoris as far as submission defense. Also, like Kimbo Shamrock fight, there were not as many strikes landed, especially on the ground. Hold but on. why would they fix the fight? Hold on, we'll get there. Maybe to make more exciting fights with the finish? But this is just my opinion. My only fault with any of that, I'm with it as a theory, uh, is that we can compare this to the Kimbo Shamrock fight. We cannot. Those guys are like a clean 15 years older than the people that were fighting on this particular. I'm just... And to the Benassi point, I actually, if Bellator did this just to get Tito Ortiz the fuck out of my life, good with it. Sounds great. That's all I need to hear. Great fix, guys. Uh, we have Derek Bowie who says, the Cato Rollick fights was more suspect to me, which, sure, yeah, and uh, we cared, no. The bigger issue I have here is they said that because uh, I couldn't hear in the bar, but I later saw that Tito Ortiz said that it was a dream finish to his career. It was the perfect way for him to go out because he did retire. He put his gloves on the ground, which is indicative of MMA fighter done. So when he did that and I read the phrase uh, dream ending. I couldn't help but go down the further elements of the conspiracy theory by saying, well, maybe it was a dream because he fell asleep midway through and then somehow ended up winning by magic. That's just the theory. I've also heard he's into crystals. Could have been those. Kev, why the fuck does this keep happening to Bellator? It seems. They choose old people. No, hold on, hold on. We don't know. I think that's leading. We know they choose old people. We know their fights kind of Leading the witnesses. Uh, Kev, I'm just saying, why do bad things happen to good organizations, Kevin? I believe high def instant replay is partially Mm -hmm. to blame here. And I think people are not (laughs) factoring in how slow these guys are. If you take two slow ass fighters, which I'm happy to call them both, uh, including their grappling games, if you take those two and just put it in slow-mo, That's it looks fixed because it sucks. There's a reason that fight didn't get booked in the big leagues. And that reason is steroids, I, actually. There's a well, few reasons. I do enjoy you saying the word big league because it's obviously big league. We know that. I have issue with this because... And again, we're not gloating to those people who put on here. It's going to be a great fight. Trust us. We we would never do that on this show. We don't find joy in how wrong you were mm. and how mm. right we no. were. That's not like where Absolutely. we find joy. 
Listen, Kevin, I did not purposely go on the Instagram to say, ha ha, you idiots, because I just wouldn't do that. You and wouldn't. I wouldn't bring it up unnecessarily for 10 minutes on our podcast to begin with to really gloat about it. That's not who we are. That's I'm a fucking class act. And I learn a lot from our president. So I know how to conduct myself. And I am conducting myself with class. That's, you know, make America great again. That's class, what I'm class, doing. Class. As Tito Ortiz's shirt said. Fucking asshole. I'm just going to say it out loud. Go fuck yourself. How's all that right, sound? Right. Make America great again, asshole. All right, all right. Let's not lose the, the red state. <laughs> it wasn't going to happen with a fixed fight or allegedly fixed fight. But the reason I bring this up is. When we do have enough for that hat. fucking head too, I'm just okay. <laughs> <laughs> they actually had to put two hats together. <laughs> it's two hats together. It's custom yeah. made. It's like you know, <laughs> Trevor uh, did make a few exceptions. <laughs> he knew he saw an opportunity. I just always wonder this because I, I feel bad for the fans that do want to see them fight. And granted, if we had seen this fight maybe eight years ago, we would still have some kind of interest in it. Yeah. Hell, even four or five in the UFC, mm-hmm. we probably would have been like. Mm-hmm. It's it's teetering because I know that even when we were watching Tito fight Forrest Griffin, we're like, are we really going to do this? OK, is it happening a third time? We're done, right? We're and we thought he was retired then. We thought Chael was retired. Then it's just, well, fuck it. Chael was just sitting it out so he didn't have to worry about his fucking estrogen levels. I get it. It happens. It's fine. But when Bellator fans want to see this show – I guess a part of me feels sympathetic to them that they get excited for this shot. Uh, I was about to call it a shit show before I actually set it up, but they get excited for this shit show only to be let down because shit show. And it keeps happening with Bellator. And I know we want to put our efforts in there and I know we want it to be good. And I know somebody was making the case today. They were like, Raph, you know, Bellator, I mean, it's, it's basically second to the UFC so maybe that's why they're doing it. I was like, is it though? Because I I don't know. On certain days, it can attract those people to watch. But what the fuck? Why are we doing this? Anyway, I don't know. They did it. Hopefully, I don't know what this does. But well, let's let's walk through the thing. You know, I want to ask you this because let's take them at their base value because everybody says the fight looks fixed. Let's take them at their base value. Why the fuck would you fix a fight? Yeah, Why? For real. I mean, for re- they can't bet on it. I know it's fun, but it's like Chael would have to funnel money through other people and really hope people weren't paying attention and they check into that stuff. And, and if they're fixing it, which, again, what if they did? Okay, cool. What is the purpose of Chael almost locking up a submission just for him to, like, choreograph it to go, all right, now I'm going to take it because the porn star line <laughs> got it. Now it's a true revenge end finish kind of a thing i just i wish even if it was fixed i wish i knew the upside of what it is that we get from the fake finish so even if we take that at base and we say yeah, like yeah you guys are right i think you're right conspiracy totally what the fuck is the upside uh really cool story in uh no no, no, no it's like a fucking greatest. terrible fight it's it's a replayed thing. They're hoping somebody will do like a probably not a thirty for thirty, but like a ten for ten. Like a YouTube <laughs> three and a half for four. 
got time. <laughs> the YouTube version for 30 for 30. It's just 30 seconds being like, yeah, it was a fixed fight. End 30, of story. <laughs> fixed fight. That'll do it for us here tonight. Um, I don't know. I just my brain melted a little bit on that one. And if I could be so honest, when Tito won and I couldn't see the speech, all I wanted him to say was this was for all the porn stars. Because as Kevin alluded to earlier, taking the jab at Jenna Jameson is something that she is used to, quite frankly. So, I mean, literally and physically. But hey, guys, listen, we don't do cheap humor. I'm just saying. Too classy. (laughs) Too classy. We're, We're far too classy. This is a classy show. You guys all know that. I'm just saying. I wish that Tito had said this was for all the porn stars and walked off and then he was done because like, what the fuck dude? Who cares? I <laughs> That's it. That's, I think I'm done. With that. Yeah, that feels good. That feels covered. And, uh, mm. there was also a mangled eye, but I did not see that part. You, yes, the Paul, Dale, which was, Ooh, that, that knockout dude was gnarly. Um, one last thing on that though. Did you see any part of the Holic fight? No. Yeah, it's better you didn't. Oh damn! There's, there's kind of cheered for him. I don't know why, but I did. Disgusting, because I'm wondering that. There's a lot of people who are still cheering for him, and again, couldn't help it. Don't give a shit. Do whatever you want. But like, is it kind of a Stockholm syndrome for jujitsu, where they're like, oh, you know? Yes, it is <laughs> for me at least. I'll admit it. He, they were my first big sub grappling event. I was like, whoa, this is fucking big. So <laughs> I have a little bit of stuff. Okay. But anyway, it was a terrible fight. And, you know, there that is. That I believe. That that does not. <laughs> he wasn't great against Gary. He was okay. He wasn't very athletic. <laughs> so I, uh, I will. I did not realize he was. I, of all the bullshit, I didn't realize he was even fighting on that card. That I will have to check out. Um, it was like the world conspired. I was going to even watch a little bit of the Bellator. I had it clipping back and forth with what I think was an NBA game or something. Uh, then <laughs> Bella, my spike just was gone. It went completely out. <laughs> As did it turned out a fiber cut, took down some of our service. It's great. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> you were in San Diego all weekend well, doing cool shit. I was. You watched Glory. You went to Tap Can, but I went to Glory first. Okay, Glory was out here in Los Angeles. So me and our good pal Octavio Villanovella. I don't remember him. Doesn't Mm. ring a bell, Raph. Kev, don't be mean. I'm gonna be a little mean. Still a little mean. Octavio may or may not have forgotten some personal information about the two of us. And I think the listeners of personal information, Kevin, we rolled, we had a roll together. He forgot about it. (laughs) It just left his mind. It's gone. You know, call me old fashioned, Mm -hmm. but when I roll with a guy, I like to think I remember his name and that we fought each other to the death or tried to that's, but that's me. I saw it. It wasn't to the death. In theory, aren't they all? Every jiu-jitsu <laughs> I mean, it depends on if there's an actual threat between the both of you, but there was not at there the time. A, there was a fun match, and I'm a little hurt he doesn't remember. So not only did he not remember, but he was arguing with me to say, he's like, never rolled with them. 
no, dude, never roll with him. And I was like, dude, you roll. I saw you Definitely roll with did. him. <laughs> Kevin, actually, we've discussed this. I've talked about his and I had before. Mentioned, yeah, yeah. Well, I then had to break protocol. And I normally don't do this, but I go, listen, Octavio, how do I know you guys have rolled? And then I know that Kevin knows that you've rolled. Is that Kevin one day was telling me, he's like, don't ever tell Octavio this, but he's kind of a beast. And here I am telling you that because it's the only way I can get you to believe he actually has said that about you. Like he actually says I have a good training partner. And I was like, really, Octavio? And he's like, yeah, I've trained with him. And he's like, nope, never rolled with him, dude. And I was like, I can tell you how the roll went. And I like described it bit by bit. And he just goes, did we? And at which point I had to send Kevin a very sad text that was like, yo, dude, he doesn't remember rolling with you. Like, oh. Been upset since I got the text. Yeah, I know. It was rough. I'm sorry. It's okay. You two went to glory kickboxing where I guess he's either made peace with the fact that we did roll. He just doesn't remember it or he still doesn't believe you but doesn't want to hear any more of your persuasive skills. Sure. Actually, after I mentioned it to him, he was like, and how'd it go? And I like walked him through it and he goes, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe. I was like, why were you so adamant about telling me you didn't if I know? And he's like, because, Raph, like, I don't know, fool. Like, we didn't. But, like, maybe we did. And I was like, all right, whatever you say, then, Octavio. And then at that point, he goes, he goes, how'd it go? And I was like, yeah, it was okay. You guys were pretty boring. But, you know, uneventful is what I called it. And he just goes, okay, that that's cool. Like, yeah, okay, cool. So... Octavio and I, we, we sat there. We went to go see our good friend Eric Jackman, who uh, – he when you see Eric Jackman there, so New York Rick from uh, the MMA Hour, he is dressed in a three-piece suit. And I had just come from taping an episode of Early Late Night, so I sometimes look like a substitute teacher. And I understand that. That's just part of the appeal of doing a late-night show, especially when you don't have like you know a budget like Conan or you know Stephen Colbert. You don't have suits on suits on suits and that the I network picked for you. to the Colbert pre-late show cast where he was just mm-hmm. breaking down. He was spending some money on some suits. It's, he alluded I mean, to listen, a suit costing more than a house. He alluded to that. I would 100% be okay with that. And I understand. I Me want too. to make it to that level where I have suits on suits on suits and have people throwing ties at me every day because yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Now – when we get there, he looks at me and he goes, you look like shit. And I give him a look that's like, no, I don't. And I've never seen Eric without a three-piece suit. So I'm like, dude, you're trying to talk shit about me, but look at you. You literally have to cling to that three-piece suit every time I see you. And you know what? It doesn't hide the fact that you have a terrible man bun. So you get the fuck off me, New York Rick. <laughs> And then people laughed at him. And then he was just kind of like, he was trying to shake it off. But I was like, dude. And he goes, Raph, if we walk down the street, who's going to get more women right now? And I was like, me, because you're in Los Angeles, white guy, and I'm brown. Confidence. Think about that. There's a Laker game here. I'm going to destroy. This is my demo. You know how many like former cholas are going to see me and be like, oh, shit. He looks like he's got a job. I'm going to do him. Who's like that That's what it takes. That he's with. That's like a nice, <laughs> friendly, shaved. 
you know, sort of unisex That's, model. Uh, I think I want to get my like eyebrows done with that stupid lesbian looking one. Oh my god, but yeah. she's working it. This is a compliment to New York Rick's bone structure more than it is an insult. He just has a very sure. hard to pin down gender figure. He has a vulnerability to his face. Yeah. We'll say it. We'll put it out there. It. I mean, some <laughs> might find it attractive. I'm not saying I'm not one of those people. I'm just saying it airs. He's saying it. I mean, he also said he could take my wife from me. And I was like, ooh, no. So anyway, uh, it, it was good running into him. But once we get there, they have it set up uh, at uh, the uh, the Novo, which is a little inside club uh, down in L.A. Live. And they have it kind of set up almost like um, the Orpheum kind of, but like smaller, more intimate. It's almost kind of like a club where they have the boxing ring on the stage and then the seating on the floor. So you see everybody. And you, if you're standing, you're standing around fighters. Like it's, it's a very small space in terms of what they can do with the tons of things that you would normally see. Because normally they've been at like uh, – What's the other place? The Great Western Forum, and they've been to other venues like in Irvine. <clears throat> and this one kind of worked for them. It's just you're there with everybody. You're all in the same space together. Not going to accuse so, Glory of being fake fights. By the way. Well, no. Because liver kicks don't look nice. You usually hear them. So you can hear the whole. Yeah. However, guess what, though, Kev? There was some controversy in the very last fight. What kind of controversy? So there was Jason Wilness defeating Israel Adesanya. And if I say it wrong, I don't care. But he beat him by unanimous decision. And when you hear the scores of 49-46 in a close fight, sometimes your eyebrow goes a little bit up. But the former middleweight champion, uh, Simon Marcus, just happened to be on the, the floor uh, standing right next to the dude who was drumming offbeat the entire night, and I was texting him about him, and I was like, listen, he's just like the Metamorphs drummer where he's just making noise, but he was so offbeat to all of the songs that were being played, it was really distracting to me. But he meant well. He was doing it from the heart. But Simon Marcus sits next to this guy, drums on him, and then was like essentially mocking both the guys fighting for the uh, in the championship round. And as he's doing it, he's like, oh, you're a loser. You got, you're a bum. Be a champion. And then at the end, he got super pissed and went up there and almost tripped on his way, by the way, uh, but makes his way into the ring. But they're cutting the broadcast. So here you have Simon Marcus waiting to be interviewed and then nobody interviews him. So it was a little awkward. But I would say if you guys want to watch that fight and tell me who you thought won it, uh, definitely go do that. Um there was also, I mean, a very impressive uh, third-round KO by Yoan Congolo, who uh, – it was very cool. I mean, th- this poor dude, Kareem, was trying to fight for all of his life to make it through the fight. Almost does with like 10 seconds or 20 seconds left. Uh, gets put down mercifully, I think. Uh, Gil Innocente does a decision, and then they had the, uh, the tournament in there. But before, there was one super fight kick. That I thought did me in. And I believe it was from Robin Van Roosmalen. And if you guys go look up that kick, it like it hurt my stomach. Like it just it was tough to watch. So that was a little bit of glory. I would highly recommend you guys go see it. 
Um, it looks like the next event is going to be in Chicago in February. I believe it's February 24th. And Kev, guess who wants to come back and talk to us? Uh, who? A certain bone-structured lesbian. No way. Yeah, he wants to come back soon. We'll tell so him to go We'll have himself. him no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he gets for saying, you can take my wife. Get out of here. <laughs> I was, I'm glad my instincts to be mean to him were correct. I didn't even know that part running into it. I just felt it. So, <laughs> and so that was Glory Kids. I uh, Just the pictures... And I want to once again urge people to, at any point, you got to look into glory. This is just mm. pure brutality, and it's great. So, love love that you uh, keep going out there. You ha- mm. This is a true MMA podcast, um, except for that whole shit we talked about with Bellator. Everything else, pretty mixed martial arts. From glory kickboxing to grappling for humanity. You even coached at tap cancer out i did you became intricately involved our friend john thomas puts it on heads it out to san diego we think because he really loves san diego mostly we're still trying to figure out if it is the charity or it's a, or it's just san diego but we're we're open yeah. to it you went talk to us about it it's great stuff dude um i'll start with this if you guys want to go see some fun things go over to the tap cancer out uh, Facebook page, you'll see yours truly on there amidst a number of really cool jujitsu grappling matches. They had this really cool thing where they have this camera that they could use. So they didn't use their cell phone, but they use like a wide lens camera to do uh, Facebook Live of their matches for, I think, a lot of the prominent ones. So go look at some of those. Uh, we've got some really good matches on there. Um, but you also see yours truly interviewing. Some cool people. I got to interview our good friend, Josh Inger. So I was happy to see him. And uh, I also got to interview fellow handsome-looking individual, Clark Gracie. How, how do you even interview him? I, I would just get distracted on where I was, look off, think about our plans to visit a beach. <laughs> Not going to lie, toward the end... I had a question that I was asking him and then it just turned into gushing because it, it, it started with like, do you, people just come up to you and do the Clark Plata nonstop? And he does that pretty people smile where he just is like, Ugh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm too pretty to answer that question. So I continue on and I was like, because like, and then I stop and I go, well, just look at you. Look at you. And he's just like he's like, oh no, stop it, please, come I'm, on. I'm a I'm a beast. But then he put his hand on his shoulder as if to remind people, like, guys, Raph is just as pretty, if not more. Um, so, like, I understand, uh, like, two handsome-looking sobs just talking to the camera, chatting it up. It was good to catch up with him, Kev. I guess is what I'm saying. You wouldn't understand what it's like to be part of. Uh, the handsome gentleman's club, but it's a real thing in jujitsu. No, no. The handsome reckless guys club is more my. Mm. Who, who's a part of that one, Kev? It's me. It's uh, and uh, we just kicked Mickey Gall out. It is okay. uh, just Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor, and get out. Just the three. Yeah, it's great. Yep, because everybody thinks when they talk about the Diaz brothers, they're like, "Ooh, they're hot. Look at their good looks." 
they uh, well, I didn't include Nick. I don't mean to be. I think okay. he knows. <laughs> Whatever the other. Nate's just got like a certain je ne sais quoi that I uh, believe is, you know, part of the reckless. Nate's part of the, you know, a different club. Yep. All well, right. Well, I'll hear you explain that You have to watch one. some cool. cool matches. What's the most difficult yes. part about coaching jiu-jitsu? Because I can tell I you what I think it is. Stop. I'm curious what you think okay. it is. Oh, okay. I'll tell you what I had an issue with. I had to stop taking photos for a little while. So uh, our friend Thor, uh, he comes to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club at 7 a.m. a number of times a week. And he's a blue belt, but he's he's a big guy. You know, he's he fights MMA for a living. And uh, he's a champion, I think, at 155 for King of the Cage. Now, when I say he's champion at 155, Kev, he usually rocks around at about 190. So you have these other people who are in his master's division looking like, what the f- – like, no, I don't want to roll with this guy. Like, this, Are we sure he's in the right weight class? And they're looking at me because they assume – like one guy goes up to me and they're like, oh, are you his coach? And I'm like, no. He's like higher ranked than I am. How? Well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I am his coach. Well, let's see. So the first round comes in, and and Thor is, I mean, he's just a beast, and he gets a great takedown. He's got a good wrestling background. Once he gets the takedown, he secures over to north-south, and he's trying to do this north-south choke. It's not quite working. So the guy underneath realizes it isn't quite finishing, starts to sneak in his own baseball bat underneath, and uh, he's trying to make it work, and one of the guys looks over to me, and he goes, oh, Thor's turning, that guy's turning purple, and I was like, nah. He's fine. I was like, Thor has my gift. And they're like, what's your gift? I was like, we both have dumb necks. <laughs> like, granted, his is more muscle-based. Mine's just to support my giant dome. And so, sure enough, they were like, well, and like, they're looking at me like, are you going to coach him? How do I get out of it? And I was like, he'll figure it out. <laughs> and I just look over to the side. And I'm like, look at him. He's going to understand. He's going to just go the opposite way. Like, he's like, oh, I'm getting choked here. Go the other way. And I was like, good job, Thor. <laughs> So he wins that match. He goes on, and I show him, and he's just like, dude. I was like, yeah, it's a good match. The second one he comes in, he gets a Peruvian necktie, which he always tries to get me with, and it's effective. He's a strong guy. Um, but then I realized, I was like, you know, I've never really seen him rolling gi, and his gi game was actually better than his knee for his finish on that Peruvian necktie. And they looked at me, and they go, what was that? And I go, ah, it's a Peruvian necktie. And I look at him, and I was like, you don't want any part of it. It's a tough thing to work out of. So finally, Thor comes over to me. He's like, do I have one more match, coach? And I'm like, yeah, you do, Big dude. fan of the so, Peruvian necktie, by the way. Are you? Yeah. Interesting. I was about to say, I was like, I just, I never see you do it. But I could believe that. Okay. So Thor, he gets to Not his third match. I, and <laughs> I just like it a lot. What's that, kid? Not a move you I just use left. very frequently because it requires some <laughs> dexterity in the left leg. That hasn't been a strength of mine uh, of recent, so it's. Uh, but I like that move. We have hey, that's fine. Hey, shout out to Keith Center, a guy I train, a uh, coach Keith. Um, he's one of our instructors at Rich Barra. But the guy pulls a Peruvian necktie swiftly. It's impressive. Mm. Mm, I want no part of that. I mean, I, again, I well, wasn't going to gonna mock point, you. You don't want it. I agree. It's not fun. No. I just didn't know. Like I was like, wait, the story doesn't check out. Look at Kevin. Uh, so Thor gets to his third match, and I'm coaching, and I'm saying a few things. And it's funny because at a certain point, he was going for he was he didn't go for something, but I was almost going to yell it out. And then I started thinking, I was like, does he really need this move? Because if I teach him this, 
then it's just really bad for me. So mm, keep more Thor. Do that. And so by the end of it, he ends up taking Galt, which means, Kev, a lot of the times I've gone to places and, yeah, I've yelled at a few things at a tournament here or there. But normally there's other like real coaches there. This is the first time I was coaching. And, Kev, I have a 100% gold rate now as a coach. Just saying. Unbelievable. So yeah. credit to him. Uh, I trained with uh, Thor and our good friend uh, Gabe Rudiger. He came to visit the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club on Friday. And uh, Gabe – Good roll. Lots of fun. He had mentioned the Thor because Thor is a five-stripe white belt or a blue belt. And uh, he mentions to him, he's like, you know, Thor, if you go win this, I'm going to give you one more stripe. Thor's like, all right. Awesome, man. And I think he's been a blue belt for like eight years or something because he's been fighting MMA. And like he's a good, good guy to roll with. So by the end of it today, we found out that, yes, Thor has been made an official purple belt. So congratulations to him. It is great to see that. It is well-deserved. He is a very tough role. And as all of those people who I know I was watching his matches with in the surrounding area would say, great sigh of relief. Thanks for going up weight class and going to a different colored belt. Because those poor kids were like, well, let's just put it this way, kids. Uh, silver is the new bronze at gold. So where if we get a silver, that means you got a, a gold here today. It's fine. We all know it. So good stuff there. So congratulations, dude. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, dude, there was some good stuff. I also, I, I have to say this because, uh, our good friend Juan was there and, uh, you know, I went to go watch the fights later on with Juan, but Juan famously was on the poster for John Thomas's, uh, tap cancer out. And then he was watching this time, and I was like, oof, the mighty have fallen. Remember when you used to be a model for this? And he was just like, he's like, don't remind me, dude. And I was like, yeah, I guess this it's just passed you by, dude. <laughs> At one point he goes, that's just rude to say. And I was like, is it? <laughs> nah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the guy who I needed to shout out was our good friend Adam Mazin. Not or Mazin, I don't know. Not my deal. Uh, I just want to say Adam uh, teaches over at uh, Victory uh, MMA, and he is a fantastic competitor. I saw him in the black belt division doing awesome fucking shit. He's the type of fun role. I think he was my favorite person to watch that day because of the following fact. He gave us plenty of meme material. So when we went to go drink, I told him, he's like, oh. Man, I felt like I didn't do enough. Like, it bummed me out. I was like, well, you're my favorite role of the day. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, plus you gave me great faces to make for memes. And I was about to ask him, I go, I just want to make sure. Would it be okay if I took – and he's like, just just make the memes. Just make them. I was like, well, I didn't finish asking my question. And he's like, Raph, just make the fucking memes of me. It's fine. And I was like, well, you're a very expressive face. So, you know. And then I like I, I was trying to show him one, but I was like, you know, what? I'll just wait. I'll show it to him later. But he he very nicely said he's like, you know, I just wish somebody would shout me out on a podcast. Well, Adam, we're doing that right now, and you gave us a fantastic match and series of matches, by the way. So and plus, you looked fucking rock star in your gi. So great stuff talking to, to uh, Adam over the weekend. But uh, yeah, dude, that was that was a little bit. I also got to help out 
um, you know, with John interacting with a lot of his people. At one point, he was like, dude, he was so pissed because the tournament went like 20 minutes late from coming back from lunch. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I'm so pissed. Oh, it's going to hell. And I was like, have you been to a jiu-jitsu tournament yeah, other please. than the ones you throw? Like, bro. And he's just like, he's like, this is unacceptable. And I'm like, no, it's it's pretty acceptable. And they still (laughs) finished on time. They still finished at 6 p.m. And you know what? A jiu-jitsu tournament that ends by like 5.30 and starts breaking down and is pretty much all the way done by 6, that's a success, my friend. So shut up. Uh, We're still surprised after knowing him, as we do. Oh, yeah. I did say this, though. Somebody asked me, like, well, how's John? And I was telling people in the crowd this several times. I was like, it's tough because he's a garbage human being who does a great charity. So it's kind of it's difficult, you know? It's hard to figure out here. And they're like, well, why is he such a garbage person? I was like, well, he promised me acai. And he hasn't given it to me. And let's be very clear. He's a Patriots fan. So can you really take him at his word? You know you Just can. saying. You know you can. Nope. I heard an alternative fact. Tom Brady uh, beat up the whole Roethlisberger family before the men. That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 poisoned, he poisoned them too, Kevin? This wasn't so much a poison situation as it was very physically confrontational. But if I it's know the alternative like, facts hey, about but... Tom Brady that I know, the guy hits a lot of people. Mm, That's mm-hmm. what I heard happened with the balls. He hit them. They got deflated. The ball was like, I'll get him hit him, gave him some mm. Jordans, hope that smoothed it over. We don't know. Apex. Kev, when is the right time to poison somebody, though? Just before you compete against them in a physical competition. That's Noted. usually, Noted. that's when I poison. Mm. If I, if, hold on. If, if, I, poisoned. if I were to poison, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Kevin's version of if I did it. <laughs> if I can, knew uh, the people in my division, I wouldn't send them diarrhea pizza the night before a big tournament mm-hmm. i wouldn't do that if i it is I very similar to what kevin does with me when he comes out to visit or i go to him like when i went to denver every night kevin was like look at all of this great food fatty look it's so good and i was like wait why am i eating this much food he's like oh no reason it's just denver eat it's up right here have some drinks too yeah <laughs> the next thing you know i'm like he's trying to fatten me up so that i can't move Fuck him. Is Kevin no. a salad? I don't even understand yeah. this. <laughs> I was like, Kevin, why aren't you drinking? He's just like, oh, I just, I just, I don't feel in the mood. Mm. All comes together now. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that was Tap Cancer Out. It was a lot of fun, man. And I got to say this because we rag on John and we're right to do so. But there's so many good stories to see from here. Now, granted, I had the great experience of seeing one of my friends compete I had the great experience of uh, hanging around the Victory guys and watching their friends compete. You went, and I had the. Ex- when did you train at Victory? I trained that next day, so the Sunday. Okay. And I had a lot of good experiences, just in general. But what John doesn't understand when he's like trying to make sure it's the best tournament ever run is that maybe he doesn't even see all of the great stories. I saw cancer survivors going out there and hitting the mats and competing. Uh, One woman put on her Facebook, and I don't know her name personally, so I'm just going to paraphrase, but she put, she was a cancer survivor. She wanted to go out there and show that not all cancer patients are sick and and, uh, unable to do what they want to do, 
and that they wanted to be a good example and they wanted to show that at the tournament. I interacted with people who brought other people uh, because they wanted to get them in on a good cause. I interacted with people who raised tons of money and didn't even say anything about it. I found out from Josh Hinger, his guys at Atos, his white belts, all came together and fundraised money. They didn't even say that they wanted to do a tournament to the guys. They were just like, no, we're committed. We're going to raise the money and we're going to do this. And Hinger was like, okay, cool. I'll come coach. I had so many small little stories like this, but I think my favorite one had to be, I saw a dude go out there. He walked by myself and Thor when Thor was competing. And it was a blind purple belt who went out there and was led to the mats and then just felt his way through the match. And I have to say, Kev, his foot sweeps were amazing to look at because I looked at it. I was like, dude, I can't even foot sweep. And I know where the foot's supposed to be most of the time. <laughs> so it was it was something to behold, man. I just – there's so many good little stories like that that I know it's an East Coast thing, and I think it was really great. I've wanted to go to this tournament for the past two and a half years or so, and John Thomas, as only John Thomas can do, screws it up every year by putting it on terrible weekends. And he was threatening to do that this time with Bellator and potentially the UFC, which canceled their event. But I was so happy I made the choice to go there. It was good spirits, great roles. Everybody was in good spirits. And I mean, it is rare to see that San Diego community that is not only competitive, but a certain kind of mecca for jujitsu who all has a great time when they are competing. Because I saw everybody in divisions like laughing and joking, even if they lost it. And they're like, you know what? You beat me. Oh, man. Just such great camaraderie. So I can't say enough good things about it. If you guys are on the East Coast, find the next one. I believe there's one coming up in the next couple months. I think it's March or something. Um, but go to tapcancerout.org and also go to their Facebook page. Watch those matches and tell me that you didn't see some cool things from it because I know I was very impressed with not just the execution of it behind the scenes from John and his team who were wonderful, but also uh, from the people who were competing and gave great matches. So that is my... I guess my my nice thing I got to see all weekend it made me very happy. That's awesome. Yep. Okay. Well, you uh, had one hell of an MMA weekend. <laughs> I did, and I, I so I went out drinking on Saturday. And Kev, when's the last time you've drank and then trained the next morning? Saturday. Really? Oh, uh, Friday night. Yeah, I went to a club. With the downstairs mm-hmm. neighbors, Victoria and I made it oh, out yeah. to what they call X Bar, which is a <gasps> inclusive club here in the okay. Denver area. We I didn't drink. I mean, I had a few beers and a double whiskey Coke. So made it up the next day to train. Wow. Did I get the shit beat out of me? So when you go to make it, because y- you drank enough. Do you ever have moments when the next day after you, you've gone and you've drank that you just go like, uh-oh, jiu-jitsu's not going to happen for me today. Like, I'm on these mats right now. Yes. But nobody's expecting me to roll, right? Like, I'm the, I can't. Oh, yeah. I'm with you. Because okay. <laughs> I, I looked at I everybody and I go, Big time. I, I'm hiding it well, but my inside brain hurts. 
and I'm trying to look like I understand what they're talking about for the technique of the day, but I do not. But let's get through this. And honestly, it took me one roll, and then once I had the one roll, I was like, oh, I'm back. Yay! Okay, cool. And then, like, after rolling, it was, like, back to shit show. It was like, oh, no. Damn it. <laughs> I, I was like, does this really only exist? Like, it really is a symbiotic relationship with jiu-jitsu. My back feels shitty when I am not doing jiu-jitsu for a couple days. It feels worse. But then I do an activity where people fold me like a chair and yet I'm like, yeah, it's better. All right, well, if I don't do that, then I'm going to die. So, hmm. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> but I wanted to consult you because you were the first person I thought of where I was like, Kevin has to know what this feels like, right? Oh, and I actually had a genuine – there was two minutes at the on Saturday. And Jubera framed it nicely. He was like, "There's it's a tough day on the mats. There's more black belts than white belts. That's always – there's like – 30 25 people 30 people coming through rolling and i we were going over technique and drilling a lot and i was just like oh god i don't know that i'm gonna i don't know i'll be able to roll today and the brown belt was just like do a little drinking it's like yes i did <laughs> so not only do i, I know how you feel i i expressed it verbally i was just like okay I do love that the one time I was like, you know, I'll probably be more drunk than Kevin. You couldn't even let me have that. You had to equally have drank. I'd gone through the exact same goddamn thing because I was sitting there and I was like, dude, this is. You were on the road. That's different. Mm -hmm. That's different. Yeah. That's harder to go into a different gym. This was home turf. I guess, dude. But I still feel sympathy for people who are like fighting the good fight of like nope let's rage saturday and sunday at what time 11 Woo, okay i can do that and i gotta tell you i even i was the one that was like vicky uh we gotta roll like i'm just like you can stay but i i gotta get out of here and all i could think was just like if there's any ch- i must escape i was in that zone so yeah well I mean, hey, you said that you had a great day of training, so I, it it must have come through all together on that day. Once we started rolling, fortunately, uh, it was just brown belt, brown belt, black belt, brown belt. Just getting the shit kicked out of me. Yeah, we got some day. killers over there. It was a fun day on the mat. I guess we we're probably to the end of this thing. We're rounding third yeah. on all the topics we've hit. Uh, you're gonna we'll open up a little bit in these shout outs about some. Uh, victory so jealous you watched some high level jiu-jitsu went and trained at one of the first class facilities in the nation and you've gotten some mma and someone should send this to tito ortiz send this podcast tell him kevin phillips said i'll meet you at metamorphs <laughs> and that's gonna do it for us tonight which takes us to some shout outs and before i throw it over your victory some shout outs to you uh Jibera this week just high levels of drilling. He floats in some concepts throughout. I'm always impressed by that. Um, and his methods are working. And Raph, here's one of my favorite moments that happens. Just He has people that teach for him as well, uh, that assist him, other coaches that do some morning, some day classes. You know, he's got quite a few talented people with some knowledge. Will teaches us this really cool pass, Nogi, 
Friday, mm-hmm. just uh, using some hip movements that we were drilling, drilling, drilling. Jibera ends up incorporating it. I don't know if they talked about it or it just happened, but it, uh, he throws it in as one of the passing exercises that we're working as a variation. So a lot of good uh, drilling and training this week. And I got to be get beat up by one of his first black belts, Todd, who is a murderer. So much talk awesome. to that guy. Brutal. Just that black belt, the first time they sweep you, you're like, oh, okay, this is fun. It's just <laughs> survival at this point. Perfect. Check. And it's drowning in a – because it's like the difference between being drowned or crushed by a rock in jiu-jitsu. Everybody knows which is which, sort of. This is <laughs> that light murder. You're just like, oh, God. <laughs> this is dangerous. So great uh, amount of training for me out here this week. And a shout-out to the lady friend. She might be joining the working force helping old people, which is awesome. Ooh. Christians. She's doing it. Don't they need the most help? Everybody needs help, especially over at this rate. I think about like days I struggle with my knee. It's like, God, yeah. (laughs) Let's invest in the people over 60 that need the help, guys. Let's stop electing (laughs) the president. (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing better than than doing uh you know we're doing our our women's march at the end of this podcast is damn right is how we're finishing it out you all done on your side sir yeah though i'll also say you know who snuck in they had a ladies open mat sunday jen perez mm. swings by fighting hey. so uh she came over and did some it's just cool to see there was like 15 people there doing just an awesome Random sun. That's when killers train Sunday afternoon. I guess. Oh, wait, did two you to train four. on Sunday? Yeah, they had a two to four Sunday open mat, just oh, beating each other up. That's awesome. It is. That's awesome. Kudos to her. It is. I was wondering. I was like, how's she doing? That's great. Good, good, good. Let's do this. Let's go ahead and start by shouting out the LA Jiu Jitsu Club. LA Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. So let's talk about why it's important this week that we shout out the LA Jiu Jitsu Club. I have a big shout out that I need to start this with because when we split squad, so we all go our different ways on a given weekend, uh, the jiu-jitsu club does big things. For example, uh, Joey and Eric, the owners of the place, they went out and they were doing an awesome seminar uh, for Beat the Streets Wrestling, which is a program that they help uh, teach wrestling to kids. Uh, and I think, man, they get so much out of it. And I could tell like Eric, Eric gets better from it. I know that for sure. Every time I see him, because it's like his size, he's a tiny man. That's what I'm saying. It's like he. I'm like, dude, you have people your size. Like, oh no, I don't like that. So Eric uh, and Joey, they did that seminar. Awesome. Then Octavio and I did Glory on Friday night, as you guys already know. Then I did Tap Cancer Out. Um, got to talk with a whole bunch of people. I mean, it's awesome to be able to talk with Hanger and uh, you know Clark. But there's so many different great stories that I got to see and experience. But the real, real person we need to really focus on this week is our friend Drew. Drew Marillo went out to Peru, which, Kev, getting me to leave the country to participate in a tournament that I've never heard of would take a lot. But Drew went to this tournament, um, and I, 
I was just so happy that he got a platform to do what he does best. So if you guys are watching this tournament, it's fantastic because not only does Drew go through his first match, his second match, and his third match without even so much as really breaking a sweat, just destroying people's legs with the stuff that he teaches over at 10th Planet, Van Nuys. But he gets all the way to the finals. He comes up short in the finals. But then he requires, because they say, yo, you are so good, we want to have you back at the next one of these things. So Flow Ritual asks him to come back for their next show sometime in, I believe it's May. And Drew said, I'll come back, but I have one condition. And that condition is that I take on the guy who beat me in the final in the first round of the next tournament. That, my friends, is about as awesome as it gets. It's a... It's a gangster move. And I say the word gangster because you know who loves to say it? Fucking Eddie Bravo loves to say gangster. Man, this guy is gangster. And you guys, I got to say, if you look at it, just look at Gary. He is so gangster with how he does. Like he and there's a specific reason he says it is there's no other word to describe it. That's the best word to describe that kind of move. So I know that. Drew was holding down the flag for his 10th planet compadres, but Drew is such a pivotal part of not just our show, but some other, you know, whatever, Matt therapy, those idiots. He does such a good job in so many different places. And he is, I think one of the most under the radar people who I think is really about to blow up soon. And I think it was a first preview of what is going to come from this uh, from this young man. So it is it was the right time for the right person. And I'm happy he took the most of it and he he got a lot out of it. He made a lot of new fans. His matches are doing great numbers. So if you guys haven't seen it, I know that you can look it up. Uh, look up the flow ritual fights. Go look at uh, Drew's page, uh, Andrew Murillo on Facebook. He has put them up. They're good. And uh, he made so many people proud. And I was just so happy to see him get that love because he is he is a good, good guy. And uh, he is a favorite at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. So all success and credit going to our pal Drew. And uh, if you think that's just the beginning of 2017, you I think you guys have some surprises in store because Drew will be fighting on the next fight to win along with our good friend Eric Medina. So get ready to see that, guys. And guess who's going to be there as well? Yours truly will be doing coverage at Fight to Win LA on February 3rd. So if you see me, please be sure to say hello. It is always good to run into people and talk to them. I know some people saw me at Tap Cancer Health. They're like, I didn't want to bug you. And I was like, it's not bugging what? me. Just say I know. Talk I know. to uh, Come on. It's super easy. They're like, people. Oh, you look like you were talking to somebody. It was like, well, then talk to me and I'll introduce you. I won't introduce you if you suck, but like you'll know it real quick. But for the most part, I'll introduce you. You probably know if you suck. Probably. Yeah, do. You do. You, and if you don't, don't I'm just going to be like, ooh, hey, sorry, I can't. I'm way more. I suck. You're probably self-aware. So just say hi. You're fine. <laughs> Bring him some acai for the love of God. Somebody needs to <laughs> look who ridiculous. I do this show with. Look who I do this show with. He can talk to anyone. I am fine. I can talk to anybody. But um, yes, so uh, shout out to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. Um, shout out to Valley Martial Arts Center, you guys. I'm very mm. stoked for this. 
Uh, our good friend Hassan is going to start teaching Sundays at 1 p.m. And uh, it used to be our open mat time. Now it's going to be uh, Hassan teaches, and then there's going to be an open mat afterwards. So that is more training time over at the Valley Martial Arts Center. And I'm hearing, I'm, I'm hearing some rumors, guys. A lot of people are saying, a lot of people are saying that it looks like there is going to be potentially a drilling class at Valley Martial Arts Center that I uh, may help out a little bit with. But I know our good friend uh, John Budd is going to be putting it together. So I encourage you guys, if you want to come visit us at Valley Martial Arts Center, hit me up and I will facilitate uh, a guest appearance at either one of those training times or any other time that you're looking to come check us out. We'd love to have you guys. We are an open facility. Um, again, I just want to shout out everybody at v- uh, Victory. I cannot say this enough because Greg, who teaches at Victory, is so good. He is phen- – Kev, I was – he was teaching a, a killer for wrestling that I looked at and I go, I can do that. <laughs> and I had people his a lot of his really solid purple belts and uh, killers there who were training – who were putting me in that even during the live roles, and I was able to do the technique, and I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, if I'm idiotically able to do this, what can a really good person do? <laughs> so that was a, a lot of fantastic fun to, to see. So credit to him. If you guys get the chance to take his class. I also can't stress this enough. I got to uh, roll with uh, Echo, who uh, is a beast. He is just – I had told Kevin this when I was driving back home. I was like, when's the last time you've been Americana? Kev, when's the last time? I don't quite remember. It's been a little while. It's not like once you get a little bit upper in the belts, you don't tend to get finished with Americanas often. Not saying it doesn't happen, but like, you know, in order to do it, it, it's a, it takes a little finesse to do it. I can list like Echo was 12 so- other things I've been tapped by in the last month, but not, Absolutely. not, a, not an Americana. Right. Echo was so strong that normally when he like he got mount and he was trying to move my arm to start uh, setting up an americana i didn't have a choice my arm went wherever he wanted it to go and i was like oh well why don't i use a little bit of frame oh fuck my arm's gone that's an impressive amount of strength uh he's a brown belt over there he makes a whole bunch of videos i'm sure you guys have seen tons of them super nice person i want to say thank you to him i also want to say thank you to juan uh, Haley, I want to say thank you to Adam. Uh, great night out in town. Um, just good people. Really, really nice. Uh, I mean, dude, it made one of my favorite experiences of going to San Diego, which is hard to do because I love that place. And uh, I want to send shout outs to some other podcasts I listened to, uh, to our friends, Jitsu After Dark. I listened uh, to a couple episodes. Great stuff. Caught up with our friends over at the Finishers podcast. So shout out to them. Um, you know, we always try to listen to the community. And I know I previewed this earlier, Kev, but it's an important thing. And I really want to end on this because it's it's good. So because Jitsu, Drew Weatherhead, right? Absolutely. Good people, right? Yeah. I mean, pretty good people. Mostly good people, yeah. Really pissed me off this week because there is a site on Facebook that goes under the name Because Jiu-Jitsu, okay? And Drew has been like, yo, can you not share my memes? We're like two similars in names. And they still share his memes, and they were starting to share Todd. Todd uh, Schaefer, who, I mean, is a badass into himself, finally was like, I've had enough. Everybody, follow Because Jitsu, not 
because jujitsu. So uh, if you guys are looking, because let's be very real, when you have similar names, and there's another verbal tap out there, believe it or not, there is. There's somebody who's just literally squatting on some website that Kevin and I didn't even want and a Facebook page that we're like, oh, cool. But there's another verbal tap out there. We know what it's like. And when you do good work, and Drew does such great work, he's a really nice guy, and he does tons of really, really good stuff. We want you guys to support him. And if you are supporting because jiu-jitsu, fine. Just know that if they are sharing memes, look to see where the content is coming from because Drew puts in a lot of good work for what he does, as does Todd, as does Mr. Jiu-Jitsu, as does uh, Jiu-Jitsu After Dark. You know, there are the five families of memes and – you know, a lot of those guys do really good work. So uh, we always try to take care of our own when they do that good work. So, and if you guys are the people running because jujitsu, you know, pick a different name, I guess. I don't know. And if you're not going to pick a different name, then don't share this content from the people whose name that you are kind of writing off of. And that's just our thoughts. But a uh, shout out to, to Drew for his great work. And uh, we hope you guys are going to have a good rest of your night. And that'll do it for me, Kev. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. Alternative facts. Have a bad fight. Hmm. Alternative facts. I've already had a bad fight. (laughs) Tito Poison Chill.